Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make your cat go gay. If he doesn't want to replace him with a brand new stray. Hello. <laughs> it's bonus pod 169. If you've listened to the main pod, you'll know that Wang is away in the woods. Wang's away in the woods. That, cont- that sentence contains mid-sentence alliteration, which marks it out as a potential line of Anglo-Saxon poetry. This is the kind of thing that happens to the content when Wang's away. It goes completely off the rails. Um, I'm recording this on the Monday the 20th. It's a blazingly sunny day outside. Thank you very much uh, to anyone who's come to see my various previews and things. Uh, in the last few days, I've, I've been away myself, actually. I've been away myself. Uh, we managed to cover one of the weeks, but Wang is in the woods. And there's nothing to be done. We didn't consider the woods. All I have is, um, he sent me a shaky video where he seems to be um, just facing the corner of a stone hut in the woods at night. Whoever's filming is absolutely terrified. And Wang's just standing in the corner uh, of this, like, it's like a bare stone cellar, I'd say. Uh, Nothing in it. It's all sort of grainy, black and white, kind of infrared nighttime footage. And he's just standing in the corner, facing it, like rigid, like head slightly bowed, like a misbehaving kid. And whoever's filming is going, Phil, Phil. I think it might be um, uh, David Mitchell. Phil. (laughs) And uh, Phil's just in the corner. And just as, as the shaky camera gets closer and closer, you can hear him going, Welcome to bonus pod 169. Welcome to bonus pod 169. Welcome to bonus pod 169. Um, just over and over again, and uh, also um, okay, thank you, Koji. Other, it's just Bud Pod kind of stream of consciousness, just furiously whispering it. And then, as David Mitchell's hand reaches out to tap him, Phil, um, Phil goes like ah, and turns around, and um, his eyes are very bright. And then the camera cuts out. So filming seems to be going well. Um, that's going to look great on. Uh, I don't know who they make. It. Is it for Dave? I don't know. <laughs> I should know these things. I should know these things, um, but I don't. I've been away uh, in Bordeaux, en France. A friend of mine decided to get married en France, uh, and it was all very nice. Uh, turns out if you want to rent a kind of abandoned, not abandoned, but you know what I mean, big country house, right? In the UK, I think, given the UK property market and how densely populated it is, big country houses tend to be, even even like slightly ramshackle ones, very expensive to rent, especially for a wedding. Turns out France littered with the cans. You can't walk through the countryside. Sorry, it's France. You can't cycle gaily through the countryside, G-A-I-L-Y, and, and hurl a baguette over your shoulder without breaking the window of a, an ancient chateau whose family would, were presumably beheaded back in the day. Um, beautiful place, very good, lots of fun. Um, and then me and the Jeef stuck around in Bordeaux, and it turns out Bordeaux's main things are uh, just like gallons of red wine, beef, pate, and uh, custard treats. <laughs> so I, my blood is very thick. I cut my finger, and it was like, um, the blood came out like when you squeeze Play-Doh through one of those little toys, through one of those little holes. It was just like... <laughs> Black pudding. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, feeling fat. Oh, my Lord. Red wine was good, though, but it was also 38 degrees, which... 
Drinking an unchilled alcoholic drink at 38 degrees is quite the challenge. I don't know if any of you listened. I was on Frank Skinner's radio show. I mean, I will be again on, on Saturday morning, this coming Saturday morning. Our, uh, it was like a challenge from the French Foreign Legion, like an initiation thing. Hike through a small French town in 40 degrees, downing red wine at different locations. Being initiated uh, into the Légion d'Etranger. Um good chance to practice my bad French as well and to confuse people with my name, Pierre. Very confused people. Uh, sometimes they think that your name is Peter and you're trying to bafflingly translate your own name. Um, but I got, I got to give it a go. I have sixth form French, which for anyone not British listening, uh, high school French. Up, up to 18, learned some French. Um... And to be fair, at university, in my quest to become an extremely employable man, I did study French uh, literature, the poetry, in the 11th and 12th centuries. Or was it 12th and 13th? 12th and 13th centuries. Um, I'll tell you guys about one of the cool things in there. There was a, a, a French poem uh, called something like Le Chevalier qui fait le conte dire, which is... Uh, in, in Middle French, Le Chevalier qui fait de Contier, it's um, the night you could make cunts talk. Or, or like rude word for vagina, talk. But basically, cunt, I mean, you know, pretty clear. <laughs> uh, the night you could make cunts talk. And basically, this night, a knight errant. So knight errants were knights who just sort of roamed around looking for good deeds to do. I don't know to what extent that was an actual thing. Uh, a hedge knight. Another concept that um, G.R.R. Martin took for his little books. I don't know how to what extent that was a historical thing, actually, which is unusual for me. I will look that up. But anyway, this guy's wandering around. He's a knight looking for good deeds. And he comes across a lake. And in the lake, there are three, uh, I think, elves or fairies, maybe, from memory. And they're bathing. Sexy lady fairies. They're having a little bath. And that's obviously a very sexy thing to imagine, but that's not the point because a naughty man, a, a, a thief, a voleur, a villain, uh, runs away with their clothes and they say, oh, please, Mr. Knight, help us. And he goes, of course, uh, sexy naked fairies, <laughs> and uh, catches the thief, returns their clothes. And in return, they say, thank you very much. Uh, I mean, this is me paraphrasing, by the way. I don't have the uh, ancient text. <laughs> it's not ancient. I don't have the uh, medieval text in front of me. In return, they say, for helping us in our hour of nudie need, we will grant you the ability to speak to people's vaginas. Well, any vagina. If you talk to a vagina, it will answer you. Okay? We're dead serious. <laughs> and he goes, okay, thanks. Okay, thank you. And they go, oh, by the way, if you... and, and uh, and also uh, like bumholes as well. Orifices. You can talk to orifices. It was a little sweetener, like a little tip. Main main reward, talk to vaginas. Secondary little little tip, buy yourself something nice. Bumholes too. Enjoy. And uh, he goes, okay, thank you. Um, that doesn't feel useful now. But maybe, yeah. Uh, in a bit, hopefully. And lo and behold, the plot obliged. Uh, he's riding along the road, and he kind of thinks it's not really true. And coming the other way is that classic figure of French literature uh, from before the Revolution, especially the fat, corrupt priest. 
and the fat corrupt priest is riding on a big horse and covered in he's all rich in finery and he's riding along towards the guy the knight the other way and the knight uh, decides to give it a go i think i think that's what happened and he decides the, the priest is riding a mare right a lady horse so he decides to talk to the horse's vagina and he says, uh, "Ah, good, uh, good day, Mister Horse Vagina. I don't know what he, I don't know what the proper term of address is for a horse's vagina. Um, I never studied etiquette growing up." And he says, "Good day, Mister Horse Vagina. Um, how's it going? You know, it, 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 what's? Tell me about your your master or something like that." He's suspicious of the priest, and the horse vagina speaks, says, "Hello, good sir knight. You know, just imagine this. Hello, like." You know, opening up like that. Hello! <laughs> I had to study this. It was a good day in the library. And uh, the horse vagina says, Oh, he's he's stolen from the collection plate. It's supposed to be for the church, but he's taken it for... I don't know what he's using it for. Puddings? Hookers? Blackjack? And uh, the, the priest is so spooked and freaked out by the fact that... I mean, fair enough. His horse's vagina is, is not... Not only is his horse's vagina chatting away, it's chatting to a stranger, and it's revealing his crimes. I mean, these are three shocking things. Even if you knew that your horse's vagina could talk, <laughs> and that it knew all your crimes somehow, you'd hope it would, you'd have been nice enough to your horse slash its vagina that it wouldn't just tell anyone upon first asking. I mean, my God. Anyway, how did the horse's vagina know do you think the horse's like rear was facing the church through the window when he when he was stealing? Good thing the horse pressed its vagina up against that stained glass window, or or its vagina would have never seen into the church to see the theft theft happening. And that is a long sentence. I don't think anyone's ever said in human history. Anyway, <laughs> the priest freaks out and goes and like rides away, and the horse goes out of control. I think the horse is spooked as well. And fair enough, the horse is probably itself not expecting it. But the point is, the knight is pretty pleased, because turns out the powers actually do work. Um, good news for him. So he rides around doing good deeds and talking to vaginas, and becomes very famous, I guess infamous, for it. Notorious, even. I don't know, by the way, if the entire thing is just a metaphor for being good at cunnilingus. I suspect it, sure. Um... But it it doesn't really hold up because it is very literally a magic power. Anyway, he becomes infamous for it, right? Le Chevalier. Qui fait le compte And uh, I don't even know if the title's right, but you'll find it if you Google it. Search for Fablio. F-A-B-L-I-A-U-X. I'm enjoying this. I can finally use my degree. So he becomes infamous, right? And he arrives in the lands of a particular baron. Uh, a seigneur, a baron. I think it's a seigneur. And the baron and his wife have heard of this guy and they invite him to dine with them. They're very excited uh, to meet this guy. He's got a cool reputation now. <laughs> Quite the guest, you know. I mean, people who do The Only Way is Essex do paid appearances at nightclubs. Imagine how many paid appearances you get if you can make everyone's um, orifices have a little chat. Wow, we. <laughs> And they invite him for dinner. The Baron is very keen to meet this guy. And the Baron's wife thinks it's a lot of bullshit, right? She's not sure, but she's pretty sure this is a lot of shit. 
So they have a big uh, feast, like a all day thing, and the Baron's wife makes him a bet. She says, "Well, I think this is a load of shit." After the end of the feast tonight, after the entertainments, I bet you, you can't make my cunt talk. And if you can, if you can, you will get my half of the lands. Like, you'll get half of these lands that I that I own as part of my marriage with my husband. You'll get all these lands and become a cool, rich, proper knight, not just a wandering guy. But if you lose, you'll have to do the worst thing for a knight, which is to give up your sword and your armor, swear uh, peace and celibacy and become a monk and join a holy order and live in isolation and poverty for the rest of your days. Thumbs down. Boo. Um, and the knight goes, sure thing. Fine. Because he's, he's, you know, it's been working. He's, he's got all the reasons in the world to be confident. At least regarding his ability to make people's fannies chat. <laughs> so, they have a big old feast, lovely time. Uh, I don't know what they all talk about. Everyone's very excited about the bet, but... You, they can't... These things took three hours. You can't just... You can't just chat about the bet for the whole three hours, can you? You've got to be... Have you come far? What other vaginas have you made talk? Which one do you think's the best one? I don't know. Has any of them ever been quite funny? <laughs> Have any of them been upset to talk? What's been the best reaction you've had to this power of yours? One can only imagine that very little else is being talked about. A good conversation starter in some ways to have that guy there, but in many ways, for everyone else who's not directly talking to him, a real conversation ruiner. You're at the far end of the banquet hall chatting to Senior uh, Blomdy Blue about his new crops or whatever. He's got a loot. He's trying to entertain people with a loot. No one's even looking in your direction. And you're thinking, God, I wish... Ah, I wish I was at the other end with the Les Chevaliers qui fait le compte I wish I was next to him. God, I bet he's got some stories. So anyway, they have a big banquet and then the time comes, the jugglers are all finished or whatever. A man's done a somersault and a fart. Everyone claps, but we all know it's not the main event. The Baroness stands up and says it's time. So I've completely forgotten something. While it's going on, <laughs> while I got distracted by the um, the conversation riff. So while the feast is going on, the Baroness snuck away to her chamber. Because she was thought, well, what if I lose? You know, I don't want to lose all my land. I mean, that's the last thing a Baroness wants to do is to lose her land. So she snuck away to her chamber and she stuffed her vagina with linen, with bedclothes. She's shoving cloth up there, which, you know, I don't own a vagina, but I imagine that's a hard, that's tough. Even tampons need an applicator, don't they? A bunch of bed linen? I don't even know what you'd use in those days. It's just a, a wand, a scepter, I don't know. Pop it up there. Anyway, she's shoved her, her vag full of linen is the point. And waddled back to the banquet. So, um, she's at the banquet, seated presumably uncomfortably. On and on. Okay, banquet finishes, jugglers leave. Guy did a somersault and a fart, tootled on a flute. Everyone was pleased, but it's not the main event. She stands up, awkwardly, and says, Right, time has come. The bet that you're all aware of. 
one guy's like, I don't... Sorry, I just got in today. What's happening? And you go, oh, Francois. And you have to explain to fucking Francois. He's never in, the, in on the loop, that guy. I bet him if he can make my vagina talk to him, he gets a load of land. If he doesn't, he has to stop being a knight. Okay? Okay. Merci beaucoup. So the knight steps forward. Never. Ooh, a hush. A hush through the crowd. And he addresses the Baroness's Fanny the same way he's addressed all the other ones he's talked to. Which, interesting from a literary perspective in the books, he always addresses them as a guy. The cunts are, are male. Good Sir Cunt, he says. Good Sir Cunt, speak to me. Speak of your mistress or whatever. And the Baroness's Fanny tries to talk, but it can't. Because <laughs> of the linen. No, nothing happens. It's muffled. Now, in my opinion, even a muffled response from a lady's fanny magically talking, I, <laughs> I think that counts. You wouldn't be like, oh, he only made it talk in a muffled way. It could be muffled for all sorts of reasons. Pants too tight. Who knows? That, that should count. That's a bit silly. I guess maybe no one could hear over the noise of platters of wild boar being brought in. I don't know. But the point is, it didn't work, right? So everyone goes, ooh, and starts doing that thing where they flick their hands and it makes a clicky sound. You know, oh, red flag. You know, they're fucking, world star. I don't know. They're, they're freaking out is the point. Because this guy's going to have to become a monk. He's been, he's been pwned. And he's panicking. He's thinking, oh, shit. And then he remembers, wait, no. I can talk to any orifice. So he says, ah. <laughs> this is true. This is literature from... Almost a thousand years ago. He says, ah, good sir bumhole. Good sir ass. Cool. Um, what is wrong with your your neighbor, good sir cunt? What is the matter with his um, speech? And the bumhole goes, oh, <laughs> oh, my mistress, she stuffed his mouth with linen. She snuck away during the banquet and she put all linen in his mouth. She's a cheater. You know, it's, I don't know. Stuff like, basically, he gives the game away. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Oh. Everyone's freaking out. The Baron's probably pretty annoyed by this point. You have to imagine the Baron's not pleased. But the Baroness does what she likes. And in this case, she stuffed her fanny with linen to try and cheat a magic knight. <laughs> so everyone's like, whoa. And he wins the bet. And he gets half the land. And he becomes an actual knight. And as it lives happily ever after. And the moral of the story is... Um... Always have a butt plug in. That's the moral of the story. Or your anus will betray you. That's the... <laughs> that's the. That's what I took from it. Anyway. And I think that's a good life lesson. I think it's a good life lesson that you can all enjoy and, and learn from. Uh, God, I haven't thought about Les Chevaliers qui fait le Contier for a long time. I tried to do the stand-up. Everything you just heard, I tried to tell on stage and... It kind of worked, but um, it's not exactly fit for a Saturday night stag and Hindu audience, is it? You just say 12th century French literature, immediately a big cartoon boot hits you in the face, square in the forehead, paf. The fringe maybe, but like, I don't have like a whole show where through French 12th century literature I discovered something about myself, so. It was a kind of standalone lunatic piece of information from my studies. So I hope you enjoyed it. It, is, it genuinely is not what I planned to, uh, to talk about, but... Good fun, in my opinion. A lovely slice of French culture. Uh, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, Les Chevaliers qui fait les There was loads of good stuff in this Fabio. 
there was a, a one called like the baker's wife's dream or something like that. And this baker's wife has a dream where she's in the marketplace with her big wicker basket under her arm, like someone from fucking, uh, uh, someone from Beauty and the Beast in the intro. She's going around to the marketplace uh, basket and she's going around the market and it's instead of vegetables and chicken heads and whatever, fish, it's just all dicks. It's just penises, just of different sizes and weights. And she's just go do do do, just shopping for dicks. It's a whole dream she had about shopping for a load of dicks. Filling up her basket with them. That's on a manuscript somewhere. There's a guy in a museum whose job is to, like, really protect that. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I hope I'm inspiring you to look up more uh, medieval literature. There's a lot of horny stuff in there, more than you'd think. Loads of stuff as well about how Jesus is wonderful and um, you deserve the plague, probably. Um, but also, they were very horny. Very horny. A lot of our feelings about the past being a place where no one was horny come from the Victorians, at least in the Anglophone uh, world. They go, oh, no one in the past was openly horny all the time. It's not true. The Victorians are tricking you. Uh, it's not true. They were the repressed ones. Even then, to, only to some extent. The Regency period, a lot of the 1700s dramas and stuff, just low, whole plays about dildo salesmen and things, genuinely. And the medieval people, horny as hell. Although you imagine that when someone like stood up to tell the funny story about the man who talked to pussies, probably the bishop wasn't at the dinner. Then again, if he was a big, fat, corrupt one, he was probably the one telling it. Nudging people on the elbows, creep people crying with laughter. Oh, I imagine it was probably great. Oh, it's like the Rat Pack. <laughs> the king and the bishop and his wife just bantering. <laughs> Um, time for a song. That's right. It's time to visit the corner shop late at night. Oh, it's 3 a.m. You need another can of beer. You ran out because your friend Danny came over after the comedy club and you need to restock your fridge. It's time to go to the corner shop And by that I mean bodega For any of our listeners in New York Shout out New York City I hear your bodegas have cats Thank you Instagram Time to awkwardly, drunkenly ask for cans You brought a handful of change from the dresser but you don't know if it's quite enough you lean across tumbling coins like some kind of crazy slot machine it's just about enough for a four pack of pint-sized stellas you're no fool five six eight milliliters please barkeep oh he's pretty annoyed you're even paying in cash Let's blame COVID. But he can't turn you down. At least not until he spots the euro. You mumble something about the exchange rate being relatively favorable these days. But he's not buying it. It's a real shame. 
But you have to settle for some semi-acceptable high-strength Polish lager. Oh, Polish lager. At least you think it's Polish. Then again, it's not quite the alphabet you're used to. And it's late. And Danny's waiting. Oh, Danny's waiting. With a dry mouth. Time to get home. Better luck next time. What a fun song. <laughs> Very dumb. Very dumb even by my standards. I hope you liked it. Um, I don't really know how to sing or how to sing along to music. So, better to go with jazz in those circumstances, I feel. Because if anyone goes, oh, it wasn't quite on beat or it didn't really make sense, you just go, yeah, well, you know, jazz. <laughs> by the time you listen to this, uh, tonight, as it were, on day of release, uh, this week, 22nd of June, Bill Murray preview, 23rd Bill Murray preview, London, Saturday the 25th, Preston in the north, and then two north down and King's Cross on Sunday the 26th, uh, Crouch End, London preview, Thursday, Tuesday the 28th, um, then a preview in Leicester the 5th of July, uh, and some gigs in London in that week, blooply blooply, Brighton, Thursday the 14th, Comedia preview, Marlowe, Canterbury preview, Friday the 15th, um, and then Red Hill, uh, Shoreham, later in the month, Bristol, Wardrobe, 24th, on and on and on, Oxford, the 30th of July, God, that's close to the fringe, so lots of gigs coming up, do pop along to all of them, and we will see you next week with a proper, proper doodah, me, you, and Wang, here in the VIP area, thank you very much for tossing a few euros our way to cross that velvet rope. It does mean a lot. We're very, very pleased. Um, you've done it and we're pleased to do it. God bless you. Goodbye. <laughs>